Welcome to the Vorthos Podcast with your host, Matt W. Ruff. Thank you, Bob. Uh, episode 17 of the first season, and we're going to talk about the Mosaic Law, or what could be called the Torah. Uh, a lot of uh, Christians are seriously ignorant of the entire Old Testament. I mean, they, they know what the Ten Commandments are, even though some recent polls suggest they can only name five of them. Um, but that's about some of them's entire depth. And I'm talking about people who go to church every, because not a lot of pastors of mainline or especially evangelical churches spend a lot of time teaching in the Old Testament, which I think is a huge mistake. But we're going to talk specifically today about the Mosaic Law or the Torah. Now, the first five books of the Old Testament, um, consisted of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, uh, are, that's the, the part we're talking about. And they're all fairly big books. I mean, there's, you know, they're not, they're not first Peter or, you know, Jude. That's just a, you know, several paragraphs. Uh, they're, they're, you know, fairly large books of the Bible which considered most books today, they're quite small, of course. But Now, we could spend more time than we have today, tomorrow, and the next day talking about what and what is not uh, binding on a Christian, I should say. Christians, in general, are not bound by all the Mosaic Laws. But they should not dismiss him either. When Paul talks to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3.16 that all scripture is inspired by God and profitable for teaching, reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, the scripture he's talking about is the Old Testament. Now, that includes the prophets, the Psalms, the Proverbs, the minor prophets, and of course, the Mosaic Law. So, the law was given to, to God's chosen people in a point in time in history, the, the Jewish people. It regulated a whole bunch of things about what they should and shouldn't do and can't, can't do, how they should act, how they can't act, um, and it, I mean, it, it goes into huge detail, a bunch of which doesn't matter for us. We're not into celebrating the Old Testament uh, festivals. We're not, at least I'm not Jewish. I may have some Jewish blood in me because I'm an American and Americans are, you know, made up of every other country in the world since we're fairly new. But many of the laws regulated were aimed at making Israel distinctive from its surrounding uh, nations. Now, it's commonly 
understood that there are 1613 commandments of the Mosaic law. And actually, if you go to Wikipedia and type in, um, 1613 commandments, which I'm doing as we talk right now. You will get a fairly good listing of those um, commandments. The Torah law consisted of 613 commandments. Now, there are some arguments about this, and but for us, we're just going to say this is what we're going with. Some of them have no validity at all on us, and some of them do. So when I say some of them do is because God's morals don't change. Okay? Um, if he was against child sacrifice in the Old Testament, he's against child sacrifice in the New Testament. Okay? Now, some things, those things uh, consisting of, let's say, how a person dresses can be relaxed, I think. I mean, we, again, are not bound by every little dot of the 613 commandments. How food, restrictions on food is just don't eat anything sacrificed to idols. So where they couldn't, an Orthodox Jew doesn't eat um, bacon, which reminds me of a funny story. I was in Long Island, New York for a training for a particular piece of um, computer, specialized computer hardware way back in the day. And the guy that would that come with me to train as well was, had never been out of Texas. And we go to eat at this kosher restaurant deli for lunch and he didn't understand the word kosher okay because there's just not a lot of jews in uh texas and so you know he's looking and he had to go to the bathroom and he can be like, oh just order me a blt and and you know i start we kind of giggle and he, he and i said it's a kosher restaurant he goes, well i don't know what kosher means he goes what well, means it's it's Orthodox Jews can eat here, which means they don't serve any bacon, uh, which is a BLT. Okay, so um, Christians can eat a BLT without any problem, though they probably should not eat one in front of an Orthodox Jew. We shouldn't do things just to aggravate people. Um, but so the, you have those kind of commandments. But you really should study them all. You should. I mean, I don't expect anybody to memorize all 613 of the commandments because they aren't really binding, but you should have read them enough to know, um, you know, which ones kind of make sense like we should be following. And we should be following some of them. But uh, you've already heard my views on the Ten Commandments, which are not a part of the 613. They're, they're going into more detail. I mean, that's how I come up. If you look at, all the uh, commandments on um, adultery, you get into, you can't be a homosexual, you can't be a, a 
you can't pretend to be another uh, sex. You know, the transgender movement of today, which there's no such thing, again, in my view of transgender, because it's, it's biologically impossible. But a person can dress up and act like and have surgery to impersonate the other, and that's, again, written of in Scripture as something you shouldn't be doing. You shouldn't even dress. A man should not dress like a woman. A woman should not dress like a man. And we get into those issues on a regular basis. So um, you really should study the the entire Old Testament, specifically also those five first five books. Now, we're not going to get into it today. You know, you got the whole creation story, whether it's biblical, you know, whether it's scientifically and that kind of stuff. That's outside the scope of what we deal with today. Or that's a rabbit trail that deserves its several probably deserves his own podcast to be quite honest, but we're not going to talk about that specifically. We're just mainly talking about the Mosaic law. So you got the 613 commandments. You can't really understand Christianity and, and Jesus without understanding the old covenant and old Testament processes. Cause Jesus was born into the law. He was a a Jewish. He was brought into Judaism. That's where he was born into a Jewish family, um, and lived a Jewish life, which means he followed the, the ceremonies and the circumcision and everything. So, you really—that's how he was raised. And that's the initially what the gospel was presented to was the Jewish people. It was expounded to all people groups, thank heavens. But if the originally, you know, all the all the apostles were Jewish. Jesus was Jewish, so I mean that's you, you really need to study this stuff. To be clear, not uh, there, there can be differences of opinion of what is and isn't binding on the Christian. Okay, but again, read. Now, there, there is something I like saying: all Scripture may be profitable, but it's clearly some is more profitable than others. And what I mean by that is certain Scriptures, whether it's, you know the most famous scripture, John 3.16, or whether it's something in Chronicles about who so-and-so and begot so-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. Yeah, one's a whole lot more important than the other. And that is something that some people have huge problems with, but I don't understand why. All of life is that way. Your car, your house, everything about life is that way. Certain things are just simply more important than other things. In your car, take for instance, a critical part in your engine is hugely more important than the cigarette lighter. And to be quite a, you know, the, the rear tail, tail light or the, the light that illuminates the driver, the, you know, the tag in the back, uh, or your fog lights, or the, if you're only, if you're the only person in the car, the, you know, the rear, the automatic rear window up, you know, leveler. 
really doesn't have an effect on how the car gets you from point A to point B and that kind of stuff. Where, you know, with a flat tire, you can replace it fairly easily, but, you know, major engine component requires, you know, it can, it's a major ordeal. So obviously certain things are more important than others, you know. So, and I think that's true about almost everything, your house. You know, if a child throws something and it damages the sheet, you know, the the wall in a room, it's cosmetically a problem, should be fixed, but it, it has no structural significance, you know, it's something that easily be patched. It's not, on the other hand, if, you know, there's a gas leak and you got a fireplace going in another room, that's a recipe for a huge disaster. So, again, all of life, your body, having a hangnail is hugely different than having a heart attack. So, I mean, there's about any everything you give me, I can tell you, you know, in a computer or certain things are more important. Let's say, for instance, you know, processor doesn't work, your computer doesn't work, but, you know, let's say you just have a, a function key out and you maybe probably survive without it for a while. Let's say one of your five or three USB ports are out. As long as you got the other ones, you're probably fine. Uh, I have a the monitor I'm using right now has a pixel out. It can be a little bit annoying, but it really doesn't doesn't really affect things because I don't do color uh, photography on that computer. I have another computer I use that for. So again, not all scripture is 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 equal, and that's I think true life. So. You know, my advantage is I'm an audio learner, so I can listen to it sometimes. Um, which means you can be doing other things while you're listening to it. As I've said before, there's plenty of books I could have never read if there wasn't an audible version that I could listen to it. So, another thing, way to look at it is, is what I call a play. Way too many Christians only show up for the second act. You got the first act of, of the Old Testament, and then you have the second act of the New Testament. And you kind of sometimes, if in, in with the way plays work, generally speaking, you need some of that information from the first act to make sense of the second act. And that is so true about Scripture. Way too many Christians ignore God's old commands because they think, Everything's okay. You know, everything's permissible. And and I just think that's a huge mistake. Now, there are, as well, New Testament commands that people ignore on a routine basis. And we'll probably go over a bunch of these later. I'm just going to pick on one, and unfortunately, I'm not really picking on women, but it's it's directed at women. It's a, a verse... And it says this, I also want women to dress modestly with decency and properly, not with braided hair or gold or pearls or expensive clothing, but with good deeds appropriate for a woman who professes to worship God. Now, you can kind of ignore the braided hair and gold to a point. The key part of that verse is dress modestly and decently. Now, that's been a huge problem ever since the feminism movement. 
feminists by nature want to be equal to men, which they will never be. Now, in a lot of ways, they should be treated as equal, but they're not. Why do you think um, we have separate, you know, one of the big, one of the, the new things of the whole transgender thing is this whole bunch of guys saying they're girls so they can run in athletic events. And in high school, this is happening, and the women are getting all beat. Because I don't know of any sport besides sports that are women only, of course, you know, the, 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 um, the balance beam is only a female sport. Okay. It's the gymnastic stuff, but you know, take diving, take swimming, take running, take any tennis, take, I mean, any sport men are always better at than the women, the men's bobsled versus the women's bobsled, the, the men's basketball team. I mean, I'm an American. I'm 61 years old. I've been around for a while. I remember watching the dream team just during the Olympics, just totally destroy all the other men's team. The female version of the women's dream team still won, but it wasn't the big show. It was with the men put the women's team against the men's team. And it would be a huge, it would, it wouldn't even be sportsmanship. It'd be such a slaughter. I mean, uh, the, the William, William sisters, Serena is one of the best tennis players in the world today. And she has said, you know, how good are you against men? It was interviewed. It was on Letterman years ago. She goes, well, I played against so-and-so and he, he killed me. And the guy she played against was, He'd won a couple of grand championships, but it wasn't Federer or one of the, the, the big players today. But the best, you know, in my generation, there was the huge thing against Bobby Riggs playing against uh, the lesbian, what's her name, Martina Nabatilova, and, you know, Martina Nabatilova won, and it's huge, you know, triumph for women. Bobby Riggs was an old dude and was never that was a was a – Limited professional. It wasn't, you know, have the best man take on the best woman in any sport. It's happened on golf. They gave um, the, the the good golf, the lady who was dominant on the female tour, a chance to play in the men's tour. And she didn't make the cut. Okay. Michael Phelps, great swimmer, you know. There's no no female to keep up with him. His prime against any of them, it's not going to happen. Runners, weightlifters, whatever it is, the men are built differently and therefore more athletically inclined in this. So we're not going to be able to. We should never. We we should start stop this whole craziness of trying to say they're equal because they're obviously not. There's a reason. There's a separate. So there's a separate reason that women's teams play separate from men's teams because no women's team would make it very far. Now, I'm not saying that all men, that some women aren't better than men because that's totally true. I've seen, uh, I saw a woman bodybuilder that she scared me. She had so many muscles. And to be clear, Serena Williams would kill me in tennis. Okay. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be any competition, but 
I'm 61 and haven't played in 20 years and have a, a, a back that's got some issues. Not to just make excuses. Even if my back was fine, she'd kill me, okay? But the best against the best, it's it's clean sweep. So what I'm trying to say back to the command about women dressing the whole perp I mean, the whole, it's not the whole purpose of Instagram, but it's one of the primary things on Instagram is all these women seeing how little clothes they can wear. It's, it's huge millions. And you know, there are guys that, well, they don't want to look at porn. So they look at Instagram feeds of women showing, you know, they're not full new. They're a little star sometimes, you know, but there's their own, they, They've left everything out of the imagination. You you don't need the imagination anymore. Let's put it that way. So then we'll and just because it's my podcast and do it, let's take my favorite pet peeve, that of tattoos. Um so you go back to Leviticus chapter nineteen, in this case verse twenty eight, it says do not cut your bodies for the dead or put tattoo marks on yourself. I am the Lord. That's all it says. That's the command. Do not cut your bodies and do not put tattoos on. Now, there are way, 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 way too many people getting tattoos. Now, for a secular person to go get a tattoo, he has no rules. It's obviously legal to get one in all 50 states, probably. And he can do whatever he wants in that regard. For a Christian to go get a tattoo, it's a different ballgame. And I, and there are some a lot of young Christians that are getting tattoos. Yeah, well, I, I got a cross over my heart, or I got, you know, a, my favorite verse written somewhere. Okay? I just don't buy it. I'm sorry. I don't see the purpose. One, we're supposed to not bring attention to ourselves. And I remember this lady at a, while I'm waiting to get on a plane, she was covered from head to toe in tattoos. And she was sitting right across from me. And so I was looking at her tattoos and she goes, what are you looking at? I go, well, you got all those tattoos. I assume you want somebody to look at them. And she'd never been confronted with just plain logic like that. And the, and the, the, the lady beside her, he says, exactly. Well, you know, she wasn't expecting that and she moved and that's fine. Luckily we didn't sit, we weren't sitting beside each other. That would have been awkward, but it's most of those things are bring to your attention. Is that a hundred percent true? No, I actually know a serious Christian who has one specific tattoo and he has a really good reason for having it. He's an automotive mechanic, and if you know anything about the process of working on cars, you, I mean, your hands are hugely important, and rings are dangerous. So he, he'd he lost his wedding band, not once, not twice, but three times. And finally, somebody suggested, why don't you get a tattoo? You, he got one of the rubber ones for a while, and that was okay. But then he, somebody said, why don't you just get a tattoo? Just get a little pattern, you know, that looks like a wedding band. And it made a lot of sense to me. And this is, I guess, I, technically speaking, I'm wrong about that because I know two people in that category. One, this guy, the guy I'm thinking about, 
this is before the rubber ones came out because he, he was this is back when I was in uh, before I was single. Okay, so that's thirty six years ago, and I remember him, he had that tattoo. And it looked like a wedding band in a sense because it kind of functions. Didn't hurt anything. It didn't draw attention to himself. You look down there, you thought he was wearing a ring or, you know, and it was on the right spot where, you know, trust me, when you're single, well, not everybody, but, you know, you, if you see somebody you're interested in, you, the first place you look is there a ring on their finger, okay? So I, I have no trouble with that tattoo. I really don't have trouble with tattoos I don't see. Somebody wants to put a, you know, a, a, a cross above their heart and then they generally are wearing a shirt, I'm not going to see it. But trust me, way too many tattoos in Christian circles are not. Anyway, they're, they're drawing attention to themselves. So, ah, look at me, you know. But, again, that's just kind of my pet, pet peeve. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that pet peeve. I don't. I have a good friend's daughter who has a, whose husband is a tattoo artist, and though we don't see him a lot in social circles, I'm always nice to her when I see her. And I doubt she listens to this, so you know it's not going to get back. But I mean, the pastor is the same way as me. He's not all that thrilled about him, but it is what it is. So we're back to the basic mosaic a lot. I will recommend. There's, there are only two of the five books out yet. Dennis Prager, who is not Christian, but he is Jewish, and he's very Christian-friendly. And some people probably have a problem that I recommend his books. He's got, he calls it the Rational Bible. Um, two of the five books are done. The third one is due out this year, I believe. And so it's called the Rational Bible. It's a... Um, Again, two of two of the five books are out. And I found his books very, very informative. Very, um, they're not commentary-ish as much as they explain things much better than I've ever heard explained before. The trouble with commentary is sometimes they get overly complicated and overly petty in some days, you know. Well, we're... we're you know, this comes from this Greek word, and they give you the whole explanation. And sometimes, if you're preaching, I guess that's important information. But for my purposes, just trying to learn Scripture, I considered. Now, he's he's definitely got some issues because he's not Christian, but they're pretty clear. In some ways, he points them out. He 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 knows so many Christians, and and some Christians, you know, helped him with with these with the book. And they pointed out some things to him, and, and he makes note of them. You know, for the Christians, you know, there's this. So, um, anyway, don't, we're not under the, the Mosaic Law. We are, in my opinion, under the commandments. Uh, but just because we're not fully under them doesn't mean they're not more God's moral definition. Okay, God's gave those to the Jewish people for a reason, if that reason still applies to us, then it's probably a good thing to follow. Okay? That's the best way to look at it. And thanks for uh, tuning in. 
and I'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Vorthos Podcast. Visit Vorthos.net for more information. That's Vorthos, V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net. You may follow at Vorthos on Twitter. The views and opinions expressed on the Vorthos Podcast are those of the speaker and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of the Vorthos Podcast. Any content provided by Matt or our guest are their opinion and not intended to malign or insult anyone or anything. Matt W. Ruff can be reached at mattwruff at forthos.net. That's M-A-T-T-W-R-U-F-F at V-O-R-T-H-O-S dot net.